Hey everyone, it's Jeannie, the Pistol Packing Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome to Throw Out the Trash. I'm so glad you're here. In today's All Things Health segment, I talk about coconut oil, how it's made, the health benefits, side effects, and how to use it for weight loss. I'll also give you two more weight loss tips from my top program, How Not to Overeat, and a trick to get more exercise in. And stay tuned for my second segment I call Mountain Adventures, where I share a story about a little critter who mistakenly got into the house. It's not what you think. But first, I'd like to mention a sponsor for my podcast, 3 International. They specialize in high-quality nutritional supplements with cutting-edge bioavailability at the cellular level. I was asked which of the three products help with weight loss, and one is called Vitalite, which is not just a vitamin-mineral supplement. It's also a way to get your greens and fruits in, omega-3s, enzymes, and probiotics. When you give your body proper nutrients, you're less likely to overeat. And the second product is called Purify. Purify detoxes and cleanses five organs in your body, removes toxins from your body, helps you absorb nutrients, and eliminates heavy metal toxins. Both of these products are perfect to supplement a healthy diet. You can research these products on my website, genieolson.iii.earth, and make sure to check the show notes to see how you can purchase them at the wholesale price. And one last thing, you can see these products on the Physician's Desk Reference at www.pdr.net. Coconut oil has been around for thousands of years and has been used in some of the healthiest cultures in the world, like New Guinea, Polynesian Islands, Philippines, and India, among others. And in fact, citizens in these countries tend to have less weight issues and less cardiac diseases. In the past, coconut oil has been the target of negative campaigns, usually from competitor oil industries, and that seems to happen a lot in all industries. This information led the mainstream media away from coconut oil. Of course it did, because the mainstream media seems to follow the wrong information. But there is just too much good information out there, and my own experience with it, however small it is, says that it's very healthy for you. So let's dive into how it's made first, and then what the health benefits are. In an article I read by Lucy B., which is a company in the Philippines, this article explains how it's made, and and it's really interesting. They say that coconuts are in season all year long, and they grow in groups of 5 to 12 fruits each season. And a new group begins to grow each month. A coconut palm tree produces about 100 to 120 coconuts a year. It also takes one coconut 12 months to mature from a flower to a fully mature nut. And the oil itself comes from the flesh of the coconut, the meaty white part, which is known as the kernel. This is the part that coconut milk comes from as well. Now, not all coconut oil is the same quality. There's basic coconut oil, and that's called copra or copra. It's dried coconut flesh made into crude coconut oil. It's called poor man's oil or dirty man's oil, and it doesn't have the nutrients in it. It's usually made by large-scale industrial oil seed mills. The taste can sometimes be rancid or even moldy. I've always known that you should use virgin or extra virgin coconut oil, and the reason is it is unrefined oil, which means it doesn't undergo high heat or extraction processes. The process to get extra virgin oil is done three different ways, expeller cold-pressed, centrifuge, or fermentation. And I don't want to spend too much time on the processes because I want to get into why they are healthy for you and then what health issues they can help with. So first, the why they are healthy for you. 
Okay, so coconut oil has medium chain triglycerides, also known as MCTs. Half of the fat content in coconut oil is lauric acid. And lauric acid is a saturated fat, and saturated fats have gotten a bad rap over the years, kind of like eggs. But lauric acid actually has many health benefits, antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, and anti-cancer. What more would you want in your medicine cabinet? There's a long list of health benefits, and I want to give you some of them. And some of the ones that I'm going to tell you about came from an article from Healthy and Natural World titled, 33 Scientifically Proven Coconut Oil Uses and Benefits. Remember, you want to use virgin or extra virgin coconut oil, not refined. Okay, here are some of the health benefits. So it's great to cook with because it's safe at high temperatures. It may boost your metabolism. It can assist with weight loss, suppress appetite, and reduce hunger. This one and the one about the metabolism, I'll go into more detail in a little bit. It may protect your skin from sun damage from UV rays as an 8 SPF. But it doesn't protect you from all of the sun's rays that, are, that can be harmful. It can be a natural skin moisturizer and a makeup remover. It can help with eczema and psoriasis. It can reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. I wonder if it comes in gallon jugs. It can help treat stretch marks. It accelerates wound healing. My husband and I both had sores inside of our nose, and, and who knows why. It could be from working outside all of the time. But we put some coconut oil on a cotton swab and put it on the sores in our nose, and then the next morning the sores were gone. So it's wonderful stuff. Coconut oil can help treat acne, and it can also be added to massage oils. And it can improve dental health. My husband uses coconut oil every morning by squishing it in his mouth for about 30 minutes. It's called oil pulling. And remember that coconut oil is a natural antibacterial. And he struggles with getting infections due to having rheumatic fever when he was a kid. And oil pulling has kept him off of antibiotics many times. And it's also a natural teeth whitener. Just make sure not to swallow it. Always spit it out. Coconut oil may help balance your hormones and prevent some of the effects of hormonal imbalances. For my friends who are struggling with perimenopause and menopause, maybe give this a try. It can regulate blood glucose levels. Consuming coconut oil with your food results in slow-releasing energy that doesn't spike your blood sugars. And it can reduce stress as it has antidepressant properties. Because it's antiviral, it can also treat cold sores, preventing them from getting worse. And here's another one. And this is one I used coconut oil for, and it was a lifesaver for me. Because during menopause, I struggled with chronic yeast infections and bacterial infections. And because coconut oil is antifungal and antibacterial, it helped me to eliminate the infections and brought a much-needed relief. And then it also can reduce inflammation and relieve arthritis symptoms because of the polyphenols that have anti-inflammatory and an analgesic effects. It can moisturize your scalp and help with dandruff. It's also good as a leave-in hair conditioner that can strengthen your hair and maybe prevent hair loss, and also help with dry hair. And here's one that I love. As I mentioned earlier, it helps with your metabolism, which helps reduce your waistline and lose belly fat. And I'm going to go into that in just a little bit. Okay, but also it can actually improve bone health by strengthening your bones and preventing damage to bone health. And for your liver, coconut oil causes an increase in liver enzymes that protects it from toxins and inflammation. 
because our livers are constantly filtering out junk, they would benefit from some extra help. Coconut oil also helps with itchy red bug bites. And lastly, the high content of the lauric acid can help reduce an enlarged prostate. This makes sense since it's a natural anti-inflammatory. And then scientists have also noted that it can increase testosterone. But let's go back now to losing that belly fat, increasing your metabolism, suppressing your appetite, and reducing hunger. Just how does it do this? Well, coconut oil is considered thermogenic, which means that when you eat it, it tends to increase the amount of fat burning going on in your body. You burn more fat and store less on your belly. You also feel more satisfied so you don't consume as many calories. And I know it can be hard to get past the fact that coconut oil is high in fat. It's about 14 grams per serving. But remember what these fats do and how they act in the body. Now here's how to use coconut oil for weight loss. Consume one tablespoon 30 minutes before each meal. So that's three tablespoons a day if you eat three meals a day. And if you're doing intermittent fasting and you choose to eat maybe one meal a day, have a tablespoon 30 minutes before that meal. And then since it doesn't spike insulin levels, you could put a tablespoon in a cup of like unsweetened tea or black coffee maybe in the morning. That's if your one meal is in the evening. This will help, especially when you first start to fast, to take away those hunger pains. But if you have digestive issues, maybe start out slow and just take one tablespoon a day and work up to three. The high fat content may cause loose stools, and it can cause problems if you've had your gallbladder out, so those are two things to watch for. Are there other side effects besides the two that I just mentioned? Now, I don't agree with what I'm going to share, but I'll tell you anyway so you're informed because many health agencies say that because the fat content in coconut oil is saturated fat, that it may cause you to have high cholesterol. However, studies are coming out that this is not true. So we'll see what research comes out in the next several years. But don't forget that coconut oil also has beneficial fats that far outweigh the fact that they're saturated fats. Now one key point to remember here is this. You need to be exercising and you need to be eating right for the coconut oil to work. Okay, let's transition now into my two top tips. Top tip number 13 is how to not overeat. So here's my suggestion. Fill your plate up once with the proper serving sizes. Now I explain how to do this in my episode titled Top Weight Loss Tips 1 and 2, Semi-Glutides and a Mysterious Mouse. So I encourage you to give that a listen. So you put the correct serving size on your plate and that's all you get. And then you can also choose a smaller plate if you have larger plates that you normally use. And then once that food's gone, then leave the table. Start cleaning up the kitchen and putting the extra food away or go work on a project. Don't go sit in front of the TV for the rest of the evening. Number one, you're going to feel better because you didn't overeat. And then you'll have accomplished a task or you have a clean kitchen. And because you remain active, the food won't convert to fat and linger on your belly and thighs. So give it a try and see what you think. Top tip number 14 is take the long route. Now I have a relative that whenever we we would go shopping together, she would drive her around and around the parking lot to find the closest parking spot. And then if a space would become available on an aisle, like on a different aisle, and she's seen a car pulling out of another space on that aisle, that was closer to the store, we had to hurry around and get to that one. I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, can we just park already? 
Now, most of the time you want to get to as close to the store as possible. I get it, especially if it's raining. But I encourage you to park in the very back of the parking lot. You'll get more walking in, and also you won't have to fight for a parking spot. I guarantee it. Also, try to always take the stairs when possible. And maybe you're saying, but I live on the 57th floor in a high rise. Yep, take the stairs. Not only will you lose weight, but you'll become stronger. Wherever you go, take the longest route possible. You're going to feel better and you're going to look better. Okay, I hope you found this All Things Health segment helpful. And do me a favor and please share this episode with one person who you think might benefit from it. And if you want to share your struggles or victories, I have a Facebook page called Throw Out the Trash. So feel free to check that out. Now stay tuned as I share a story about an uninvited house guest. It's time now for Mountain Adventures. Life on a cattle ranch can get a little crazy sometimes. Sharing space with animals, snakes, and other critters can be amazing. Well, not the snakes. And sometimes not so amazing. I guess you can say that we invaded the animal space when we moved to our ranch 20 years ago. They go on with their life as if nothing happened when a house was built and humans moved in. And according to them, we humans just need to watch our steps and mind our own business. It was early fall here in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho. The weather had been beautiful with cool days, lots of sunshine, and beautiful yellow, red, and orange leaves on the trees. It just made you want to be outside. Who wouldn't want to be out in it? Even the critters loved it. One thing, though, about East Idaho is that the nights can cool down to where you definitely need a jacket. And this is the time when spiders decide they need to come inside the house. So I always spray the foundation, and that seems to help keep them out. But still, I am aware of where I am walking in the house, lest one should scurry under my feet. One early morning, I wasn't being as aware of my surroundings as I should have been. My husband Nick was in his recliner, drinking a nice cup of hot coffee, just relaxing, half asleep, and I was buzzing around the house, trying to get ready for work. I slipped into the bathroom just for a second, and as I turned around, that's when I saw it. The tail of a snake, I kid you not. That has always been a fear of mine, to see a snake in the house. Well, I screamed loud, and Nick was in the hallway next to the bathroom in about two seconds flat. Who knew my scream could wake him up so fast? When he got to where I was at, I was standing on top of the tub, and there was no way I was coming down. He asked me what in the world was wrong, and I said, there's a snake. He said, a what? You know, kind of with a tone like, oh, really? But then I pointed to the floor, and there it was a small snake about the size of a wooden pencil. I strongly encouraged him to get rid of it. He told me, Oh, it's just a little water snake. Just a little water snake? You do know that snakes don't belong in the house, right? So he went to the kitchen and grabbed a pair of cooking tongs and picked the snake up. I've since wondered why, if it was just a little water snake, why did he have to use the tongs? Well, he told me that he didn't think he could hold on to it. And he did do a good job of grabbing it. Anyway, he asked me what I wanted him to do with it after he got a hold of it. Take it outside or flush it down the toilet. So I thought for a brief moment about the two options. If he puts it outside, it would probably just come back inside. If he flushed it down the toilet, would it come back up? Well, of course he assured me it couldn't. So I went with the flushing it down the toilet. 
However, I was very cautious and checked the toilet every time I sat down, you know, just in case. Once the snake was gone, I did come down off the tub, and as I left the bathroom, I noticed a dark piece of string on the floor about two inches in length. It was near where the snake had been, and I reached down to pick it up, and it moved. It was a baby snake. That snake that just went down the drain was a mama snake. She must have pooped it out when we scared the living daylights out of her. So my next thought was, well, where are the rest of the babies? Did she have them in the house somewhere? I was so freaked out. Well, this started the investigation. The worst thing Nick could have told me was, there must be a nest somewhere. Did you know that water snakes can have as many as 30 babies at one time, but eight is the average? Even eight is way too many, for crying out loud. I didn't want a snake nest in my house. So guess who got to crawl under the house in the crawl space? Yep, Nick. No way was I going down there. Luckily, he didn't find a nest or any more snakes, but he did find where water from outside had been leaking down the side of the foundation, and there was two small places that a snake could fit through. Then once the snake got inside, he could crawl along the footing and into the opening in the floor of the bathroom cabinet. Well, Nick doesn't know this, but I duct-taped the hole in the bathroom cabinet shut. <laughs> we have never had a problem with water seeping into the house before, but this last summer... We averaged about one rainstorm a week, sometimes dumping three inches of water at a time. And because our house sits on a hill with a steep hill behind it, all of the water gravitated towards the house, plus all the rain from the roof. Now in Idaho we say roof, not roof. That doesn't really roll off the tongue, roof. <laughs> but anyway, that's how we say it. Well, the next problem was to figure out how to fix the foundation so no more snakes could enter. And the solution is to dig down along the foundation and put some kind of rock or bentonite there and pack it down. I really hope that works. But now that we've had frost every night for the last several weeks, I haven't really worried too much about any more snakes because I know that snakes go into hibernation. Thank goodness. Nick wasn't too worried about them either and decided to work on a project that needed to be done outside. He needed to put a new door in where a piece of plywood is that goes into a small storage area. And then this will give us access from outside. On the ground outside, where the door will go, were some old boards and pieces of tin. And he was cleaning all of that up when another snake, yes, another snake, crawled out from behind a board by the foundation. By the foundation where the holes are. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. But this snake could hardly slither, it was so cold. So Nick picked it up, grabbed a shovel, and chopped its head off. Reminds me of a scene in the movie Monsters Incorporated, where a light switches on in the camp trailer and you hear, Get the shovel! There's a gator in the house! Well, there ain't no more gators or snakes in the house. At least for the winter. Thank goodness. Well, hey, there's never a dull moment at the Enbaro Ranch. Remember this. When you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. Jesus is your strength in times of weakness, and he really does love you. See you next time.